0: Welcome to WBG Ed Talks, a simple discussion about sometimes complex military education benefits. I'm Dr. Sherry Schaefer, Education Services Officer for the West Virginia National Guard. Ed Talks is on the road again, this time in Washington, D.C., and I'm excited to have with me today the Education Services Branch Chief, Dr. Ken Hardy, to discuss some exciting changes that are on the horizon with the military education benefits. Dr. Hardy, welcome to Ed Talks
1: so glad to be here dr schaefer thank you for inviting me
0: so it's good to be here at national guard bureau this is where the magic happens in terms of policy and legislative changes so let's take each benefit federal tuition assistance credentialing assistance and so forth and break down what you see coming down the pike so for instance federal tuition assistance has some new system changes coming correct
1: Yes. Um, we have some changes coming very soon, actually. Uh, this is a, an exciting time for us. We're transitioning from Army Ignited 1.0 to Army Ignited 2.0, which our soldiers may not know or see that difference when you log on. You might not see a 1.0 or a 2.0, but you will be getting a new log on, a new website and you will have to log on to the new system, which goes live, projected to go live here next Monday. Cross uh, our fingers. Which is 26 August. Uh, well, it's actually 26, 29 August. So on 26 August, and I'm not sure how soon you're airing, but uh, soldiers uh, using Army Ignited, the current system will end, um, and you will no longer be able to submit a request for FY22 TA as of the end of, that's the end of this week um and you will see that system go away all right right, still be able to access it but you won't be able to do anything in it The um, new system again kicks off on monday 29 august for our, our soldiers to begin requesting their fy 23 ta requests and it's going to look different it's going to feel different uh, there will be different functionality schools will no longer submit enrollment files So whereas before you enrolled with your school and the school would send that enrollment file through Army Ignited and then you'd request TA once those enrollment files came through, it would be different. This is going to work for some of our soldiers who were around when Go Army Ed was around. This will have a little bit similar feel and functionality to our previous system prior to Army Ignited called Go Army Ed. Uh, So our schools are going to hopefully be much more um, appreciative of the new system, has less work for them. Easier
0: to use. Easier
1: to use for them. They don't have as much uploading. They do have to upload degree plans still, um, but that'll help soldiers, uh, help them towards degree completion as well because all those courses will be loaded and then simply they follow along the degree plan, clicking uh, which courses they want to apply their federal tuition assistance against. So we're pretty excited about it. Our counselors are getting accounts as we speak this week. Uh, our ESOs across the states, and we're just getting ready to kick off a new year with a new policy. All of the, our, our, the funding constraints with the program are anticipated to stay the same. So it'll stay a 16 credit hour program at $250 a credit. Um, No plans to change that anytime real soon. DOD has talked about some changes in the future to increase those limits. That'd be um, nice. Which would be great. Um, We've been at 250 for well over a decade. Um, I'd love to see that 16 credit hour limit go away as I'm sure our soldiers would too. Uh, But Army still has uh, an intent to keep that policy restriction in place in the new system. Um, so, until that changes, we're subject to the, those two limits, 16 credit hours and $250. But for some soldiers who may recall, you couldn't uh, pursue a master's degree if you had used FTA uh, for your bachelor's degree until you completed certain schooling. Right. It was called tiering. So, there was a tier one and a tier two. Those tears go away in Army really? United 2.0. Really? Oh, so, yeah. So that's kind of kind of a good change for soldiers. Don't have to worry about having to complete um, that additional education requirement. And another thing that some soldiers might really appreciate is the GPA um, average that you had previously, as well as your semester hour total that you've used, uh, FTA for. You know you have credit hour limits. Mm-hmm. Um Are going to go away and you're going to come into the system with a fresh slate so So your gpa is cleared out your semester hour limits cleared out now of course you still can only get one degree at each level um so you know how many courses they want to take but you still uh for those that might have had some constraint there with their previous gpa or maybe running against that that semester hour limit um the total hours that they're authorized to use um that might be uh might be some happy news
0: catch a little break right right?
1: maybe yeah (laughs) (laughs) so
0: what does this mean for the credentialing assistance program
1: so for credentialing assistance we're looking forward to bringing that into army ignited 2.0 and i'll refer to it as 2.0 just so for clarification right um in honor about october october 1st they're hoping to bring that in so uh, soldiers right now can't submit requests. Uh, we closed CA for FY22 a few weeks ago, and 23 is is basically still pending. Um, the focus was to get TA functional, and that's the goal for the 29th of August to get to get us all functioning in TA in the new system. And then all efforts, once that's all working good, uh, will shift to CA to kick off CA in the new system. Like I said, honor about. Um, one October now soldiers can still go in by the way just so for, for some clarity soldiers will still be able to go into army ignited 1.0 and see what they've submitted previous requests previous historical use you just can't again submit a new request all right so 1.0 will be shut off for that on, on the 26th of August
0: it's still be um, visible
1: still visible and we don't know how long so if you do have a reason to go in there or want to see some stuff the plan is is to import all of your historical information into 2.0 um, over the next couple of months and then eventually phase uh, phase out
0: 1.0 i know in west virginia i've been counseling soldiers if you're having issues at this point prior to the 26th mm-hmm. Go ahead, take screenshots, take notes, so just in case
1: just in case it doesn't come over historical
0: documentation mm-hmm.
1: yep. yep we've been telling we've been telling our counselors too anything that's in 1.0 do it, act in action as many of those requests as we can uh, before the 26 when everything goes away so
0: yeah, I was trying to do one here this morning from NGB, so oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying yeah. to help one of our soldiers this Absolutely. morning. So what about GI Bill? What do you see happening with those benefits, the, the short term and the long term?
1: So GI Bill is uh, you know, a very different program run by the VA. Um, we do have some, some flexibility with our kicker program, of course, for 1606. Um, but there has been some movement to transition 1606, which is the MGIB Selective Reserve, uh, into post nine eleven which is very exciting because we have a lot of soldiers who haven't deployed, right? They haven't served on right. active duty, and they only get that MGIB uh, 1606 uh, Selective Reserve Program. It's a, it's, a, it's a good program. It's a good option, uh, but obviously we know it pays much less per month, right, and provides m- much less in benefits for soldiers. So our hope and our plan, our long-term plan, is to create a one GI Bill concept, uh, we're working with the VA on this. VA has proposed legislation on it. Uh, we have proposed legislation on it. And we hope to just come to agreement in terms on what that new legislation will look like. Uh, what tier would reserve component soldiers come in at? Um, we know that active duty soldiers come in at 50% once you have 90 days of qualifying service for post 9-11, mm, and that's the question. So where would we bring reserve components in at?
0: Would it be transferable too?
1: Well, yeah, all the rules, would they all still apply? Um, So we're working through those details. Um, We have a proposal in there uh, where reserve component service members would come in at 20% and then they would grow to 30% after three years and then 40% after six years and then keep the benefit um, for life uh, once they reach 10 years of service. So that's what we're hoping works. Uh, We're really working with the VA on this um, to try to come to agreement on what that one GI Bill would look like. What would our reserve component members be entitled to? Because this is not just Army National Guard. This is all seven reserve components. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely not just an Army National Guard initiative. So we hope that that's that's what the future will be. Um, makes it easier for the VA to administer, for councils to administer, and it, and it expands benefits for our reserve component service members.
0: And you said it would essentially then sunset sixteen oh six and thirty as well.
1: Uh, thirty sunsets anyway uh, in in twenty twenty five, I believe it is. So thirty is on the so way to sunset. Go... So we're like, well, right behind it should be sixteen oh six, and let's just let let's have post nine eleven be the benefit of choice for all service members. But there has to be some equity to it, and that's, that's where we're struggling a little bit. You, you know, there are differences in active component and reserve component benefits. There are differences, but it's where is it fair? You know, right. and the VA wants to keep reserve component members at 20%. Uh, and we just, we don't feel that that's, that's appropriate. We want to, we want reserve component members to at least get up to 40% through their service, just like active component members tier from 50 to 100. We want our reserve component members to tier from 20 to 40. And then as soon as you have 90 days of active duty service, you'll click, you'll jump right to 50. So
0: I guess we cross our fingers and see what happens. We see
1: what happens. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep fighting. So.
0: Yeah. So in a perfect world, if you had no limitations whatsoever, what would be your primary focus or vision for the future of education benefits for our soldiers?
1: So if yeah if resources were to constrain right. um, policies law those things I would love to see that all states offer 100% tuition assistance to our soldiers. Um, of course I would love to see that through the federal program, you know, um, the federal program though is is limited at the DOD level to $4500. So I'd first of all love to see that first let's get uh, $4500 to our soldiers. I'd love to see that that semester hour limit increased as well, up to four four fifty or so, maybe even five hundred dollars for masters. Um, I'd love to see doctoral programs added. Right,
0: because you know, it's not. Why
1: are they, You know, what what makes them think that that's not a pursuit of many of our service members, even younger service members? Never mind those with tenure.
0: We get so, those questions all the time.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see the federal program expanded to doctoral. With an increased credit hour limit for those for those higher level degrees, and then no more credit hour limit. Um, let's just let our soldiers maximize the forty five hundred dollars they have available. But then again, the difference maker for the Army National Guard are the state programs. We have a little over forty states that offer one hundred percent tuition, but I'd love to see you know all of our states at a hundred percent, at least with their state schools. And then again, the federal program could. Could add for the private schools, uh, out-of-state schools, what have you. So soldiers have unlimited options uh, to get their degrees and their and their education objectives accomplished.
0: So in West Virginia, we're at our current cap. We're mm-hmm. just shy of the 100% mark. Right. Standalone with state tuition assistance. If you add in federal TA. it'll get you excuse me way above that number so you'll have money left over now private schools no right but for the state schools yes that's good yeah so and and you know we're hoping someday it might increase too because Mm -hmm. the the costs continue to go up those tuition caps at the school keep going up every year so if you could give one piece of advice to our soldiers in terms of education and or using their benefits what would that be
1: so um, but my doctoral dissertation was actually on low graduation rates for military members. Uh, when, the analysis, when I did the analysis to even come up with this topic, um, it's not a hugely significant difference between a military member and, a, and a, just a, a non-military member, but it is a difference. Um, graduation rates were probably as low as 40% versus more in the 60% range for, for non-military members. Why is that? Right? right so i started looking into those reasons and one of the key reasons i noticed was believe it or not was awareness awareness of benefits that they're eligible really? for a lot of them won't even start the program because they feel it's there's it's too daunting the cost is prohibitive i'm never going to get there i don't have the resources to even get there or i start and i run out of resources right And that's true, right? A lot of our programs, unfortunately, don't fund all the way. Well, we get a 16 credit hour program with federal, right? So that takes care of a semester. What about the other semesters, right? Especially for states that don't have the uh, state TA program. So I, but I will tell you, it is, and we talked about vision. My vision is, again, for soldiers to get through their, get their degree, whatever that is, whatever their goal or objective is, whether or not it's an associate, a bachelor's, a master's, or a doctoral degree with as least out of pocket expense as possible. So how do you do that? Right? That's that's the question. Soldiers are this is not an easy <laughs> navigating the education landscape is is a degree in itself sometimes, right? Figuring out all the benefits and what what major do I choose and you know, is that school? gonna be what school? what school do I choose to get there, right? What program? All that, those are difficult decisions. And then again, how do, what's the funding plan for me to get there? I've got to maybe use a combination of tuition assistance and GI Bill programs and, and federal state aid and, and student loans and, and scholarships and all these things. How do I put all that together? So my number one piece of advice is to see your education counselor. Talk to your state ESO. Have that conversation. Don't try and navigate this journey by yourself. You know, that's why we have that's you, you folks <laughs> in the States to do that. Exactly. And have that discussion. Now, you know, I mean, every soldier's case is a little bit different. You know, your your situation may, may be very different from the, the next soldier, nec- the soldier next to you. So you've got to really let them outline a personal plan for how you, to help get you there.
0: And sometimes your benefits can be a little different, especially if your last qualifying service time was, you know, Back in the day or yeah, if you haven't earned Chapter 33 or you maybe you didn't pay into 30 or whatever yep could be completely different
1: oh that's right like I said every soldier's situation is different what they qualify for some some may be eligible for that kicker which is that could be enough to pay um, you know your your proportion of rent or car payment or what-have-you so Yeah, every benefit makes a difference and you've and you you got to talk about when to use those benefits and which benefits maybe interact with others that you can't use at the same time or maybe that you can use and you didn't know you're eligible for both. So really putting that plan together, making sure you have the right, like you mentioned, the right school, the right major and the right benefits all in place uh, in order to get you from start to finish. So without that plan, I really did find through the research and a lot of soldiers just unfortunately didn't have the plan and they just, they weren't aware of what they were eligible for and it ends up dissipating and they end up not completing and not finishing.
0: I was going to say that's very interesting because I've taught courses with mm -hmm. with military members in them, Mm -hmm. all branches, and they seem to be very focused individuals they they turn in assignments they do good work
1: oh they do great work and it's
0: surprising to me that you're saying yeah. that the finishing rate is is not you know what you would expect it to be
1: yeah i would so, i would
0: think it would be really really high right
1: because they're so determined right so disciplined focused, yes. so focused um but i think it's because the again the education landscape all these benefits they're complex and the rules are very difficult to to figure out and sometimes even just the the process to apply can be difficult to navigate right so who knows all that well our education services staff know that (laughs) process and they know how to get you there so you've got you've i like to say you have that safety net so don't you know don't feel like you're you're in this alone you've got someone who's got your back go to the education office you ask them, you get, contact them, and schedule a session to have a, a one-on-one counseling session with one of our education services specialists, guidance counselors, or ESOs who can help you outline that plan to get you there. Because there there's a plan, there's one that they can pers- personally put together with you to get you there. And it's really just a matter of kind of like running, I like to think. Uh, it's like I hate to run sometimes. I just, you know, just the thought of it. But once I take that first step, and once I start going and then I take another step and another step and, uh, and all of a sudden, I'm enjoying the run. And college can be that, like that. You don't want to take that first course. You don't know how to get that first course started. But once again, you have this conversation Put that plan together, and you take that first course, and then you—oh pa- the my gosh—I passed and I, you know I did—I did really well. I got a maybe I got a C or a B minus. You know, now you're excited, and I want to take another one, and and that's exactly what happens. You will start building on that, and your knowledge will start growing, and you'll see yourself. I remember just my own doctoral degree, checking off those courses, and in the beginning. I thought there will be no end.
0: There's no light. There's <laughs> there no light at the end of that no tunnel. Light. <laughs> there was Seriously,
1: there was no light, and I thought to myself, I, the only way I'm going to get get the, to the end is by continuing by staying in the game, staying in this, following my plan, staying in this this process, and not quitting. And I was able to. Now I'm going to tell you, I actually did it because of the benefits from my bachelor's degree, which was paid through the Massachusetts state uh, tuition waiver, through my master's degree, which was paid through federal tuition assistance. Nice. To my doctoral degree that was paid with the post-9-11 GI Bill. GI Bill. So all (laughs) I got there, I got to the end state through those benefits. Fortunately, again, I had good guidance along the way that showed me that plan of how I could get there with very little, if very little out-of-pocket expense. Uh, And I was able to obtain, uh, finish a lot of the goals and objectives I had. And our soldiers can do the same.
0: Well, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, very exciting.
0: That's why I love doing what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has been a wonderful opportunity to travel to NGB to take a few minutes from your busy schedule, because I know Mm -hmm. you're very, very, very busy, Mm -hmm. and talk with you. I appreciate your insightfulness and your perspective. So thank you for joining me today on Ed Talks.
1: Absolutely. Love being here. I wish all the best to our our West Virginia Army and Air National Guard uh, folks out there that are thinking about pursuing their, their journey, or maybe you're somewhere in the middle, or maybe you're almost at the end, you know? Uh, keep at it, keep at it. It will pay off huge dividends in the end. This is one of those things that just never, uh, never stops paying for you in terms of your professional career, your military career, you know, and is really going to pay off big dividends in the end. So stay, stay in the journey it will end it
0: will come to (laughs) Uh, an end there is light there at the end of that absolutely
1: and you're going to be where you know putting on that that graduation cap and moving your tassel at some point and you're going to be really excited about uh about the outcome and you might be like me i finished my master's degree and said no more i had no intention of going on to a doctoral degree but 20 years later, (laughs) I found myself saying, you know what, I think I can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, So you never know where your education journey may take you, but uh, stay with it and seek your counselor again uh, to get advice along the way on how you can can make that journey successful.
0: And never say never.
1: Never say never. That's (laughs) right.
0: (laughs) We'll join us next time on WVNG Ed Talks when we will get back to our regular schedule and meet with one of our service members to get a first hand perspective on the value of utilizing military education benefits. WVNG Ed Talks, tune in, turn it up, and join the conversation.